Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, I'm so excited to preach tonight because I get to preach about Jesus. Come on. And you know what? You get to encounter Jesus. You know what? You get to be Christian. You get to be saved. And it's all because of Him. It's all because of the cross. Jesus is awesome, isn't He? You know what? I'm here tonight to start a revolution. And I've entitled my message, A Jesus Revolution. Come on. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. Let's go. What's so funny? The zoom in? What zoom in? I missed it? Okay. Anyways, back to my preach. A Jesus revolution. You know, apparently there's a really good movie out now that's called Jesus Revolution. And uh, Pastor Mark told me I have to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Because I knew that I was going to be preaching this message. I've been preparing this for a while, for a Sunday night, and I've been so excited. I'm anticipating what God is going to start tonight through you and I. And so I'm really excited to not only preach this, to get it out, but also so I can go watch a great movie. Because I love watching movies, and I'm excited to watch that thing. I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, I've watched too much already. So uh, anyways, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's an amazing movie, and uh, you can be as uh, surprised as I am about that. You know what? Love has a name. Love has a name and his name is Jesus. You know, I am so excited to start a revolution tonight. I've always wanted to start things and uh, I love starting things, but I think starting a revolution would be fun. I think starting a revolution would be really, really cool because, you know, if you start something fresh and you start something out there, you know what? People, people actually have to listen. And they're not allowed to, to knock you down because if you start something in a minority group, they become the majority, they become the loud voice. So I think you and I should start something. And I think we should start a Jesus revolution. You know, people who have been hanging themselves from bamboo teepees in the middle of highways and tying their wrists to the back of tow bars and everything about climate change. Well, what about changing hell? Hey, what about let's start a revolution about the love of Jesus Christ because I think that's something that's worth doing. You know, tonight, I want to prophesy before I start. I want to prophesy this, that we are going to take back what the enemy has stolen. Yes, we are. Come on, there are those of you that are sitting in this room and you are wondering how God can turn it around. Well, you are in a chair that is in a Christian church where the Christian God is exalted above every circumstance, the one who is able to do what we think is impossible because nothing is impossible for Jesus. We need to take our eyes off of us and start to see what Jesus sees. Come on, let's pray. Let's get into the message. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you that because you sent your son Jesus, we are able to do awesome things here on earth. We don't just have to wait till we get to heaven. So tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would soften our heart, that you would turn us back towards God, that you would help us put off, put aside and shake off the things that are holding us back or slowing us down. And Holy Spirit, inspire us, equip us, encourage us to do what you've called us to do and to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. My title again, A Jesus Revolution. Subtitle, Soul's Goals. It's a whole series of Soul's Goals this year. Yeah, if you want to go back over them, you can. 
All right, I've asked a whole bunch of guys to do uh, something for me right now, and uh, you can watch them, but uh, keep listening. <laughs> you know what, if you're sitting here tonight and you think that uh, God sits up there and judges you and wants your life to be full of rules and regulations, and if you are sitting there tonight and you think that God is mean or God doesn't know what he's doing, or if you're sitting there tonight and going, you know what, if God really was a God of love, if God really was a God that was worth following, then, then he'd be a little bit different. Well, I wanna encourage you tonight that you have started to believe a mistruth about God because that's not who God is at all. The God of the Christian church, the God of the Christian faith, the God who is the creator of all things, the God of the universe, this is who our God is. John 3, 16 to 17, Jesus said this, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's not about here, it's about the time to come. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's the God of the Christian church. That is the God that you and I are sitting here hearing me preach about right now. That is the God that we just worshiped. He is a God who loves the entire world and he loves the entire world so much that he sent his one and only son down here humbled, gave up his divinity, became a human, became a baby, born in a manger, so that the whole entire world, if they choose to respond to that love, would know everlasting life. And by the way, God did not send his son to the world to judge it. God does not judge you and I. God loves you and I. And he loves you that much that he asked his one and only son to take your place, to die, the most horrific death on the cross, but not just to take your place in that moment, to take your place now, tomorrow, yeah. yesterday, this week to come. All your years, Jesus takes your place so that you and I are able to live in eternity. Without Jesus. Imagine Zacchaeus' story if Jesus didn't show up. Imagine Zacchaeus' story if Jesus never walked through Jericho, if he never looked up that tree and he never called him down by name. Imagine what Zacchaeus' story would have been like. Probably filled with loneliness, hopelessness, lack of love, lack of friends, no self-value, no self-appreciation, no looking in the mirror going, you good-looking little man. None of that. Imagine Zacchaeus' story without Jesus. Destitute. Desperate. Lack. I can only imagine what his life would have looked like if Jesus didn't encounter him. I, I wonder what the woman would have done who was caught in adultery if it wasn't Jesus' feet who she was thrown at. Imagine if it was a religious ruler who would have decided that it is right because the law says so that we must stone her. Imagine if it wasn't Jesus 
Just imagine, because that no-win situation was only able to become a win-win situation because Jesus encountered her. Imagine the man on the cross if it wasn't Jesus hanging next to him. Imagine if it was Jesus, but Jesus gave up. Imagine if Jesus said, well, if this is what they think of me. If this, is, if this is what they want, if they want the murderers, if they want the Barabbases, and they don't want me, oh, I'll just go back. But that's not who Jesus is. Imagine Levi sitting in a tax collector's booth, day in, day out, robbing his fellow man, taking and knowing, having to be guarded by the Roman army because his own people hated him. Imagine Levi's story if Jesus never walked on by and said, hey, Levi, come and follow me. You're not gonna be Levi, you're gonna be Matthew. Imagine what his life would have looked like with Jesus not in his story. Maybe depression would kick in. Maybe suicide. Maybe anger. Maybe frustration. Imagine all of these stories if Jesus didn't show up. Imagine your story. If you're a Christian in the room tonight, Praise God that He has chosen you. Because imagine your story without Jesus in your story. Just imagine if you didn't encounter Him when you encountered Him. Imagine all of the additional hurt and pain that you would have had to have gone through. Imagine a life without the benefits of living it the way God says to live. Just imagine. Just imagine right now, because all you have to do is turn on the news or listen to the radio or just watch and look at the world passing by you to see what your life would be like if Jesus wasn't in it. Imagine if Jesus didn't come. Imagine if we had to work our way. Imagine if Jesus wasn't victorious. Imagine if Jesus wasn't the answer. You know, I heard this incredible story one time from a guy called Mark Evans. It was a dream he had. And some of the leaders in the room have heard this. Well, I feel compelled to share it tonight. He woke up in a fright and a sweat because of the dream that God gave him. It was after church on a Sunday morning. Mark's doing his thing. He's from Influencers Church, Futures Church, where Pastor Mark and Nina used to go, in Adelaide. And he's doing his thing as a pastor. He's, you know, he's down there, he's praying for people, and then he starts talking to people, and his son's just running around, his son Judah. Just running around, hanging out, playing. And Mark takes his attention off him just for a moment. Alaska, I'd never do this to you. Split second goes by and Mark looks over and from the corner of his eyes sees a man grabbing Judah and walking off with him. Instantaneously, Mark feels inside something shift and he knows that this is not good. So he turns and he starts to walk and his walk becomes a fast walk 
until it becomes a run because this man has taken Judah out the side door of the church. Mark starts running to the door, flings it open, looks around to try and find his son and sees this man now taking him down the back of the church and around the corner. So he runs down the stairs and he runs to get his son. And then he sees his, his son being put into a bag in a trolley and pushed down into the basement of the car park. And Mark, he's running, running, running. But his son, for whatever reason, seems to be getting further and further away from him. He can't, no matter how fast he runs, he just can't catch up to him. He runs down into the basement and he goes around another corner down into another basement and he sees this little tiny window and he knows that his son has been taken in there by this man and he gets up close and he can hear them screaming and shouting and cheering, we got another one, we got another one, we got another one. And he woke up in that moment in a fright, in a sweat, so shaken and God told him there is a generation that is being stolen by the enemy. They are crying out, we have got another one. We have got another one. We have got another one. It is time for us to stand up and fight harder than the enemy is fighting for our generation. We need to change the way the world thinks of God, the church, creation. All of the stuff that you and I hold dearly to, we need to change the perception of the world around us. We've got to start a Jesus revolution because the world needs Jesus. The world desperately needs Jesus. What's more important? There is nothing more important than a soul. There is nothing more important than a soul. Love. You might notice from my title slide, it's in Revolution. Love, it's an overused, undervalued, perverted, complicated, and difficult to maintain concept in our society right now. You know what love is defined as? Love is not fluid. Love is not what you want it to be. Love is not self-serving. Love is not self-pleasing or satisfying self. That's lust. That's fake. That's a doorway to hurt, pain, and suffering. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Love is a great interest and pleasure in something love likes or enjoys very much. You know what real love is? 1 John 3.16 tells us what real love is. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's real love. Love that is for one another, not for self. Love that puts others first before oneself. Love that sees and takes interest and shows interest in others more than it does in oneself. That's love. And that's a love that this world needs to know about. That's a love that this world needs to be encountered by. We need to start a Jesus revolution. Come on, church. They need to know about the real Jesus. They need to see it. They need to experience Him. They need to feel Him. The world out there needs to know. And this has been a prayer of mine over the last couple of months that Jesus would so show His tangible love and presence to the world around us because they are in desperation and they need Him. We've got to take the focus off us. Come on, I need to shake the issues of this world off and get set free from it. 
and start to love them into the kingdom of God. We need to stop worrying about ourselves and start worrying about others. Church, if they are not going to heaven, then they are going to hell. And the only way that they can get to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus. Come on, that should matter to you more than anything else in the whole wide world. If you know someone who is not destined to heaven, then right now they are going to hell. They need Jesus. If you really love them, then you'll also be willing to lay down your life for their soul. And this is Jesus to you. He has intense feelings of deep affection for you. He died for you. He has great interest and pleasure in you and your life. He made you. He wants you. He desires you. He likes and enjoys you very much. He wants you. Come on, this is the type of love that the world needs to know about. This is the type of love that our friends need to hear about. And not just hear about it, but see it. Come on, we gotta start every day at Jesus' revolution. Waking up in the morning and going, I'm gonna today make the name of Jesus famous. I'm going today show the world what it means to be a child of God. I'm going today express, share, spread, whatever it takes for me to do this, to get the word out about Jesus Christ, that He wants them and that they need Him. You know, the world gives us quick fixes, but the Bible gives us everlasting truth. Just don't get caught up in meaningless stuff. Don't get caught up in meaningless conversations, fights, arguments, whatever it might be. It's okay for us to enjoy our days. It's okay for us to enjoy the fruits of our labor. The Bible actually encourages us to. It's okay to enjoy life. But don't let life consume you and pull you away from the main game. When Jesus ministered to the people around him, it was out of a deep and unwavering love. Let your ministry flow from his love. His love for the human being that is sitting in front of you. His love for humanity around you every single day. In your workplace, your customers, your colleagues, the people that you are studying with. You need to experience in those moments each and every day what Jesus is trying to cry out from within you. Come back to God. I love you. I have done everything that I possibly can for you. Your life would be better in it with me in it. There is a cry that is coming out from the heart of God, from the very throne room of God to the world around us. And we cannot be silent any longer. It is time to start a Jesus revolution. You and I need to raise the name of Jesus. They need to know and hear and see Jesus in your world. Come on, the more you can experience His love, the more you'll fall in love with Him. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, you will by default fall in love with people. Because Jesus loves people. He loves nothing else. It's people. It's all he cares about, people. Every single human being. It's this week when something happens where you could respond or act in a certain way, decide in that moment, no, I'm going to start a Jesus revolution. People need love. People are never the problem, never, ever. 
principalities and powers, they are the problem. The rulers, the doctors behind that person is the problem. But the person is never the problem. The only problem is that person that doesn't know Jesus. He's standing right in front of you that needs to know Jesus. That's the only problem with people. The more you can position yourself to engage in the world around you, you are going to see miracles take place. The more you can position yourself in people's lives to be able to tell them about the goodness of God, you are going to start to see revival happen before your very eyes. Jesus doesn't want anything else other than us. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No, no one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I'm convinced of this, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is awesome. You know what? Jesus saved me, saved my life from a pathway that would have been awful. I can promise you because I was on it. And he saved your life too. And your life without Jesus would be awful. You know what? It might not be easy, but Jesus never promised that. He said the road is narrow and difficult, the way to heaven. Few will ever find it. But hey, can I encourage you that it is easier with Jesus in your story. And it's so much more exciting having Jesus in your story. And it is worth it. He's awesome. Just think about what He has done for you. And if you can't think about what He's done for you, just fix your eyes on what He is going to do for you because this time is like a blink of an eye compared to all eternity. You know, eternity is not a concept that you should struggle with as a believer. It is not something that you should want to be held off. No, the time that is to come is what you and I were actually designed for. Because in the garden before the fall, there was a tree that if they ate it, they would live forever. But God said, well, I don't want them to live in this sin that they've committed. So lest they eat of the tree of eternal life, I'm gonna take them out. Because death was not something that God wanted us to have to live with. That death is a gift from God, the gateway into eternal life. Death is not something to be feared by the believer. Death is something to celebrate 
by the believer because it is your gateway into eternal life, the life that you were actually created to live. And it's not just heaven. There's a new heaven and a new earth. There's a new city of Jerusalem. You know what? Before the fall, just read. It's going to be that and more. There's gardens. There's food. There's work to do. It's going to be exciting. I mean, for a place that starts with a wedding feast, I mean, it's pretty cool. Just think about that. That's the start. New heaven and new earth. There is good stuff to do. There is enjoyment to enjoy. There are the food that we get to eat, the animals that we get to to live with, the people that we get to hang out with. We get to commune with God in perfect, pure relationship and with all the humans who choose to respond with a yes to Jesus. It's like the greatest family time that you've ever had on this planet Earth with everyone. The board games, the food, the fun, the jokes, the laughing, hide and seek in the greatest forests you could ever think of. Building stuff that doesn't happen by the sweat of your brow. Designing, dreaming, planning, painting, building, exploring. All of heaven and all of earth for all eternity. That is what you and I are destined for. It is something to look forward to. Jesus is awesome and he wants to save the world. I love that Jesus, despite knowing full well, still chose to go to the cross and die for the whole world, despite knowing full well that not everyone would choose him. He still chose it and he still went there for the entire world. That's a guy that I could follow. That's a man that is worthy of respect someone that was willing to take it all so that we didn't have to. Willing to take our place, exchange his life for ours. That's a man that I can get behind. That's someone that I can lay down my life for. That's someone that I can champion to the world around me. That's someone that I can say, hey, come on, your life might be looking like this right now, but with Jesus in it, there is endless possibilities. You know, the cross is a statement for Christians that Jesus loves humanity, that he loves you. He doesn't need to die again. He's already died the death, the once for all time sacrifice. The cross is your proof that he loves you. The cross is your proof that he loves the person around you. You know the cross is the proof that the one that uh, you work with that really grinds your gears was the proof that Jesus loves that one too. And you know what? It proves that you are able to see that person come to know him. Because love will always win. When we choose to enter into relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing stays the same. I want to encourage you, don't walk away from that. Keep running to it. Keep leaning into it. Keep leaning on it. Keep enjoying your time with Jesus. Can I get the band to come back, please? You might have noticed a whole lot of empty chairs at the front here. It's one of my favorite illustrations. You know, I I reckon that uh, if church had chairs like this, I reckon that if church had chairs that were padded, 
Come on. Let's go. But think about it. I mean, when you look at all these chairs, I mean, we got blue chairs, we got white chairs, we got great chairs, we got stools. I mean, if we had to, I would love it. The one day I said, hey team, we're out of the overflow chairs. Go out to the cafe and bring them in because we need to put more seats in this auditorium. Come on, we need more high chairs for the babies. We need more stools from the cafe. We'll even go into the office and steal the chairs of Neil and Chris. Because when people start lining up at that door because they have heard about a revolution about Jesus Christ, that there is hope, that there is life, that there is reason and purpose to live for, I can promise you they're going to start streaming in and we're even going to have to get Neil and Chris's chair. Come on, this one here. Who wants it? Because you know who might sit in this? Could be your next business partner. Might even be your next employee. This one here, this one might be your wife. Probably not that one. That can be your husband. Padded. That one's for wifey. Just think about the possibilities when you look at these chairs. Next youth leader, come on. Next kids leader. Yes, let's go. Young adults leader. That one got slain in the spirit. That one's the next life group host. This one's the next seniors leader. Come alongside Al, not to replace him. Just think about all the possibilities. If you're sitting next to an empty chair, someone could be sitting on it. And you and I can invite them. And you know what? I want us to have a culture in this church of invitation. Who cares if they say no? Oh my gosh, they said no. I mean, honestly, what's the worst that could happen if you invited someone to church? What's the worst? I can't think of anything good enough. I can't can't think of any reason why we shouldn't invite people to church. Because you're not inviting them to something that's boring. You're not inviting them to something that's dead. You're inviting them to the answer for their life. Imagine what their life would look like with Jesus in it. Because at the moment, there's the Kierses and the women, women caught in adultery. They're the disciples without a leader. But bringing them to church or sharing your testimony, praying out loud for your lunch in the lunchroom, Deciding this week that your boss isn't the one who pays you, 
into your bank account. No, we do all things as if we work unto the Lord. When you go into that workplace, even your boss needs to be invited to church. Mine's already here. Is yours? Imagine what your workplace would be like if your boss got saved. Just imagine all the Zacchaeuses and all of the stories, all of the friends and the family and the people that are in your world. Just imagine what their life would be like right now if Jesus was in it. Come on, why don't you stand your feet where you are? Because we need to start a Jesus revolution. us to worship for a moment and then we're going to do something together tonight we're going to take a chair we're going to take a seat literally because there's no point in them being here might as well put them in your boot because until we invite people to sit on these chairs we don't need them but they need Jesus So come on, would you close your eyes and would you lean into this moment and allow the Holy Spirit to stir you? People are eyeing off the chair. Neil, Chris, you better run and get yours. Come on, close your eyes, lean into this moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to stir you towards someone this week that needs to know that they do have hope inside their world, that there is a reason to live for, that they don't have to give up on life, that they have someone that is fighting
every single Sunday, every single service, in every single location, every single church, in Jesus' name we pray. We are going to see our friends one to Christ. We are going to see our family members one to Christ. We are going to see the world around us encounter a Jesus revolution. All right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to break off of us the fear of rejection, that you would break off of us the fear of our fellow man. In Jesus' name right now, I bind all fear of our fellow man in the name of Jesus, and I command it to cease tonight. Oh, Lord God, I speak over us a courageousness, a boldness, Lord, that we would be as bold as lionesses in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, that you would help us to even create opportunities in our everyday. Lord God, to see a moment where we can encounter someone with Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, right now, I declare over our lives that we are going to be bold, that we are going to be courageous, that we are going to live set free, that we are going to live set apart, that we are going to be the light of city on a hill, that we are going to be salt, tasting to the world around us. Lord, I declare right now that we are going to be a church that is a magnet, that attracts people to Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, right now, I ask that you would fill our lives with the right words for the right moment, the right actions for the right time. Lord God, that you are going to help us to orchestrate moments where we get to introduce people to Jesus, the lover of their soul, the one who is fiercely chasing after them We are going to be a group of people that is a soul-winning church. We are going to be a soul-winning machine in Jesus' name. Lord, tonight we are starting a Jesus revolution. We are going to let the world know that there is hope, that there is purpose, that there is love. We are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Come on, if you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus right now, I just want you to this moment your hands off those chairs and raise them up to heaven above and ask him to help you to be the hands and feet of Jesus because come on our world needs us our world needs a Jesus revolution in Jesus name right now oh Holy Spirit you see us open arms open hearts open minds revolution how about you come on you know what what started in the room needs to be taken out there to your car to your street to your workplace to your home if you're in a home and you're the Christian in that place 
can I encourage you? You're going to start a Jesus revolution. One by one, nothing can stand up against the love of God. Now, my encouragement to you, church, is this, is be the light. Be the light on a hill. Be the light that cannot be extinguished. Come on, who cares what might happen? But just think of the possibilities. Come on, with every eye closed in this place right now, don't move, don't go. Because right now I wanna invite you, if you don't know Jesus personally, this is your moment. I've preached passionately tonight about Jesus because He's real and the world needs Him and you need Him. And your life will never be the same if you surrender your life to Him. You're not gonna lose something, you're gonna gain. The best version of your story is a story with Jesus Christ in it. So with every eye closed and every Christian in this room praying right now, if that's you in this place and you know that you need Jesus, you need the hope of life, the source of life, what I want you to do right now is I'm gonna look across the room and I want you to raise your hand to signal to God that you are choosing Him, that you are welcoming Him into your story right now. It's all it takes for you to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I choose you. Is there anyone here tonight? I'm gonna look across the room right now. As I do, I invite you to raise your hand if you want Jesus in your story. Is there anyone here? Awesome, thank you, thank you. One person, you put your hand down. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that wants to do that? Come on, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Anyone else? Just look while everyone's eyes are closed, I'm gonna look across the room one more time. If that's you and you wanna do it, come on, I encourage you. If you've never given God a go, give Him a go because you will not be disappointed. Is there anyone else? All right, well, come on, to encourage this brother, we're gonna pray a prayer together. And if you're a Christian in the room, I want you to pray it out loud and proud. I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming and taking my place. Tonight, I choose you. I wanna live for you. I wanna live with you. Take my life and make it awesome. Make it everything it can be. I give my life to you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's encourage them. It's awesome, greatest decision you can make. And if you've already made it, don't walk away from it because there's nothing else that's out there for you. You know, church, my encouragement is this for you. Keep going. Keep on going. Keep up the fight. Come on, the battle intensifies always just before the breakthrough. If you're fighting for someone, keep on fighting. And when it feels like it's impossible, can I tell you, you are just around the corner from seeing a miracle take place. It's the hardest at the top of the mountain because you've just been climbing, but you're almost there. So keep on fighting for your family. Keep on fighting for your friends. Come on, keep on fighting for your generation because they're worth it. Jesus thought so. He went to the cross and that's the message that you and I get to take to the world around us. God bless you. I pray that encourages you and inspires you to be the Jesus revolution that the world around us needs us to be. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go out praising the name of Jesus. Thank you, Danny.